listening to 30 on Broadway, Talking Blue Shirts, on the Face Off Hockey Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome to an all-new episode. Nick, look above my head. You don't like it? Uh, dude, you know I'm in a bad mood. Are you not a fan of Brooklyn Brewery? Brooklyn Brewery is not bad. I like it. Brooklyn Brewery is not bad. Is, is okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. What are you eating right now? Pork and rice. Pork and rice. I almost... We almost had to start the episode over. <laughs> Should I just say it and we'll start it over? Because no, <laughs> kind of want to say it now. No, all right, I'm not going to. I won't do that. I won't do that. All right, hey everybody, brand new episode 30 on Broadway. Last time we talked, it was right before Thanksgiving. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. The things that have been wonderful are the New York Rangers. Largely have been wonderful as they're rolling right along. Uh, sure, they lost to the Colorado Avalanche. You know what? Whatever. Put that in the uh, put that in the rearview mirror. That's one of those that you just you're bound to have happen. You know, I, I feel bad for for Huska because good lord, did he get? He was in a no win situation. All right, look, he's he's not a backup NHL goalie. He's not of NHL caliber. Of of any stretch, and it's not to it's not a slight at him at all. By the way, That's, I'm not being I'm not being mean or anything, but to have to come in and play because Gerard Gallant had no choice, Keith Kincaid, COVID protocol, and I think Keith would have had to clear waivers as well in order for him to come up. I think uh, don't quote me on that, but um, you know you couldn't play Georgie on the back to back. Because you can't, you got no security blanket behind them or options if Georgie, if something goes south with Georgie. That's why he probably didn't even see Georgie come in in the third period. I think in any other situation, uh, Huska doesn't come out for the third. Um, and you know what? Hey, that's a tough, that's a tough assignment to have to go up against the Colorado Avalanche, who, like Hank said during the broadcast, basically could score at will and pretty much did. And some of the goals weren't pretty. Huska, a lot of them were not good, but it kind of is what it is. And you just say, you know what? You're going to have those games. I'll take that game every once in a while, considering the season that the New York Rangers are having. And the fact that we've gone from beginning of the season where this team kind of didn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, we were, their their stats you know, the standings, you know, could have easily been in, re- reversed and they could have been on the bottom of the division. And instead, they were winning. They were finding weird ways to win. Igor was winning them games left and right. And they weathered through it. And then they started putting things together. They got a great fourth line. They've got a great third line that's really developing nicely. If they could start to get more offensive, that would be great. But you wrote an article, Nick, on the FHN.net about the third line and how they're being, you know, 
entrusted in high stress situations, which you would have never seen, never under David Quinn. And you probably even Elaine Vigneault, for that matter. Um, you're seeing really development of the play. Like you're getting the development and the excelling of the team as a whole right out the gate. And it's exciting. I mean, you could go from where, you know, we didn't want to hit the panic button. We were talking about concerns that we had with certain players and certain things and not riding the back of Igor Shesterkin and being able to win, you know, sustainably. Um, but we weren't sitting there hitting the panic button and saying, oh, my God, the season's caving in. Things are, things are going to hell. You know, we brought things, you know, Artemi Panarin hadn't played all that great. Mika Zavanajad hadn't played all that great. You know, Capo Kako, who really came came alive a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, Philip Heedle, who's been, you know, r- really wasn't showing a whole lot. Then it's starting to look like it. Then he gets hurt. He comes back and he's kind of muddling around. But now you're starting to see an identity there on that third line, a strong identity. You know, Ryan Reeves has been a phenomenal freaking pickup for the Rangers. Phenomenal pickup. Barclay Goudreau, who people love to criticize and kill over everything, has largely been pretty damn good for the Rangers. Uh, Kevin Rooney has solidified himself in, in that fourth line. We talked about this last night. The Rangers haven't had a fourth line this effective since the 2013-2014 season. When yep. we had arguably one of the best fourth lines that we've had in a very long time. We're, we're seeing that now. And you're seeing a bottom six that if they could get going offensively, that bottom six is going to be incredibly scary. Incredibly scary. It, it, it's a momentum changer. It's nice when you have guys in your bottom six that can that can actually play the game, which the Rangers now do in spades. So it's it's one of those things where if you're a Ranger fan, you love to see it. I I, I would like the third line, or as I affectionately call them, the momentum line. I would like them to start putting the puck in the net a little bit more. But absolutely, that's the criticism. Doing, there is is that they're doing a tremendous job. They're creating chances. They're creating opportunities. They are. You know, when they're on the ice, they're swarming around the net. So it, it's good to see. It's good to see that we have a coach that actually knows what the hell he's doing, that saying we want to be tougher to play against isn't just a headline. It's actually – it's the way he coaches. The The New York Rangers now are actually tough to play against. They're, they're not pushed around. If you push, they're going to push back. They're going to have a response. And some of that comes from the acquisition of Ryan Reeves and his mentality that you've seen flow throughout the lineup. And it also comes from Gerard Gallant and, and, and his mentality as, as a coach. The, this team is now mentally tough. They're, they're not going to get – they're not going to fold when they hit adversity, which is not something I can say about the Rangers from the last couple of years. The Rangers the last couple of years – Anytime they would have faced adversity in a game or off the ice, they fold like a house of cards. So it, it's good to see. It's good to see that this this team is actually mentally mentally tough, not just physically tough. 
and they play they play a tough brand of hockey, which is good to see. It, I the and and look, it's not only Ryan Reeves now that the the physicality with the lineup. Jacob Truba has picked up his physical game. He could always hit, but now he's really showing his ability as a hitter. And it's not dirty hits. It's not. It's not bad hits. It's textbook hockey hitting how you are taught from a little kid. When you are learning how to play the game, you are taught to hit somebody. Keep your arms in, your shoulder down, and drive right through the chest and keep your body in control. And Truba is showing that he is really a master of that. And it's unfortunate what happened to Jujar Kara and Nathan McKinnon. And thankfully, McKinnon was able to finish the game and there was no, no issues. It is unfortunate what what happened with Kara and that scary scene with him on the ice. But also, you know, people want to point the, the finger at Truba and say that Truba's an asshole and a dirty player and whatever else they want to say. How about let's point a little blame at Seth Jones. That was a terrible pass. He set Kara. It was a suicide pass. He set Kara up to get killed. I mean, look, I, I am an expert in suicide passes because if you ever play club with Chris, Chris <laughs> Chris gives you plenty of suicide passes as a forward. I like you always to have, things frosty. You have to have your head on a swivel when you're playing with Chris. So that was but, more when I was playing on defense. Come on. But I got a little more sense than that. Now. Said Jones, said Jones's suicide pass that set Kara up for that. I mean, dude, they, and you're also taught that at a young age, you are taught not to throw passes that way to get a guy killed. You're taught not to not to put your head down and looking all over. Look, I get it. It was a bang bang play. At the same time, you're told, you're taught finish your checks. And this wasn't, you know, people say, oh, he should have held up. It was bang he, bang. He holds up. There's a chance that that play might even be worse. He's not charging. He's not. He he's not increasing his. His force, he literally does exactly what, like you could take that motion of his body and frame that in a training video. Both hits are exactly 100% exactly how you are supposed to play the body. Unfortunately, in, in Kara's situation, his head is practically in his knees. A lot of people want to point to the game feed that shows the game camera, which, yeah, in slow motion, it looks bad. It does. It's, it's, it's like I say. It's like I said. You can break any hit down frame by frame, and by you can frame, pick out your point in, that will in, look bad, inch by inch, and you'll find some sort of head contact. If Kara isn't skating with his head down. There is no head contact whatsoever. Right into the chest. And when they showed the reverse angle, uh, when they show the reverse angle, you could see that he doesn't make contact with his head. He slams him directly in the upper chest. And the biggest thing is, too, he doesn't finish high. No. He literally and, stays and, tucked into everything. And that's and that's the bigger, that's the bigger key. And that's what a lot of people who don't know how to hit. That's what they do. When they hit, they come and their arm comes up this way and explodes because they're trying to add oomph to it. Yeah, instead of using Truba, your body. Instead of Truba using their literally core. put his shoulder, which is how you're supposed to hit, 
put his shoulder and drove it, drove it through his chest. Yeah, and, and he used his core, which is what you're supposed to do. I mean, look, it was, a, it was a terrible situation. It was a terrible result. You don't want to see somebody get hurt like that. You don't want to see somebody get stretchered off the ice. No, but, never. But at it, the same it, time, let's call a spade a spade. It was a clean hockey hit. This wasn't a Tom Wilson boarding. This wasn't a dirty play. This wasn't Nazem Kadri in the playoffs going across the ice with a flying elbow. Right. This wasn't Mark Shifley, you know, taking a, a half ice charge. This was, it was a straightforward hockey hit. And he did it the next night against McKinnon. Guess what? It sends the message of, hey, pay attention to what you're doing on the ice because you're going to get hit. If you skate with your head down, you're going to get hit. Now, it's Look. it's a little different than when, like, you and I were growing up and playing where we were taught, like, we were taught if a play, if, a, if an opponent has their head down, drill you them. drill them. Drill them. You drill them and drive them into the ice. It's different nowadays. But, again, it goes back to this isn't a play along the boards where you could say, all right, could he have could he have held up? You know, is he is he boarding him? Is he charging him? Is he taking extra strides? Does he leave his feet? Does his arm does his arm extend out? Does his elbow come out? None of that happened. He literally bodies him with the chest and almost looks like he kind of like holds up a bit at the last split second when he connects with his chest. And Kara, unfortunately just went out. I mean, you know, some people on Facebook were saying this was Scott Stevens, Paul Korea. Like, yeah. Okay. What? Did literally, you ever watch that era? Literally when Steve, literally when Stevens did that, he literally had his elbow out like this. Yeah. Like, when hit him. you know, even the Lindros hit that he delivered, that was Scott Stevens was like the rock with the people's elbow. Scott Stevens was the hockey version of the rocks. People's elbow. I mean, he would fly through the through the neutral zone. Listen, and, listen. You know the next clean hit that Scott Stevens delivers will be the first clean one of his career. Yeah, I, I mean, look now. Does Truba got to be careful here? No, For sure. No, he doesn't because he's not doing anything wrong. He no I, no see no. This is where I get pissed off because no, he does not have to change his game. Because when you're not playing dirty and you're playing the way that you're supposed to play and you're playing clean textbook hockey, no, you do not change because people want you to change. No, no, no but I'm not no. saying you change the way you play. I'm just saying, does he have to be more careful? No, because no. is this going to turn into like the NHL getting pissed off the other night with the Toronto Maple Leafs? And slapping fines on Toronto and Winnipeg on Slewfoots just because the outrage was enough. And then the next night we have another Slewfoot incident. And I can't remember the player off the top of my head, but he gets slapped with a $5,000 fine. Yeah, Pionk gets banned games. You know, Jason Spezza gets banned games, rightfully so, by the way. If you haven't seen that play goal, look, he deserved it. But then, you know, you got PK Slewban, Slewfooting all over the place. So is it going to be enough people are going to bitch and scream about it that the NHL, the NHL is going to be like, oh, no, does, we got to do something. If the NHL does that, then everybody needs to really go on a rampage because this league literally well, allowed did it over this league, thing this, with league, this league literally allowed Matt Cook to run unchecked 
for years. Patrick Coletta unchecked for years. Rafi Torres, Tom Wilson. Well, they got I, to, they got suspended left and right, but they still got a they still were able. Yeah, like they still but, habitually got suspended and but the whole thing, stepped the line. But the whole thing is. You've let Brad Marshall get away with dirty shit for years. You let you you've let Tom Wilson go over the line for years. The only reason why Kadri got suspended was because it was the playoffs. Regular season, I guarantee you, he may get a game. Nothing as severe as what he got. Mark Seifley, well, same doesn't thing. Like playing in the playoffs. But the whole thing is the league. See, and I, I blame the league for the reason of fans' outrage at Truba, too, by the way, because the league has let dirty headhunting go for years, for years. To where? So, so for the fact that a guy is actually delivering hard textbook clean hits, now people are getting pissed. It's well, ridiculous. Well, not only that, but you also get the response from you get the response from the players. It's and, like, and, why? And After whole, every good hard hit, you got to fight. And here's here here's a here's another one. Andrew Shaw needs to shut the fuck up. Yeah, he's one to talk. A- Andrew Shaw really needs to shut the fuck up because, and that's who and for people who follow me on Twitter who saw my my thing about top in the tweet about Truba that I said that you know Truba delivers hard clean hits and now you know and people want to suspend them, but Tom Wilson goes head hunting and everybody's silent. My, that wasn't directed at fans. I know fans on Twitter get on Tom Wilson. That was directed at guys like Andrew Shaw, who the only reason why he's saying something is because it happened to a Blackhawk. If it happened to anybody else, I guarantee you, Andrew Shaw sits there and shuts the fuck up like the rest of that organization. Yeah, they don't care. Oh, sorry. He doesn't care. Whoops. Well, I know Ooh. code of silence in Chicago is kind of a big deal. Oh, so. God. Um, well, if Chicago Tomahawk listens to this episode, good lord! <laughs> Sorry, I'm just in a rare. I am in a rare mood. No, no, so I, I get I, it. I, like, I, look, I just, look. I'll give you know what. Stick taps to Stillman. He he went at Truba. They had a bout. You know, whatever. He answered the bell. He got the smoke from Truba though. He he did. Landeskog on McKinnon. I get you know. I but like to me, it's like, why is after every solid like big good. Clean hit. Do you got to fight? Happened last year when Truba laid out Del Call on another. Yeah, it's clean like hit. it's it's just kind of funny to me. I always kind of laughed about that. But then, like when guys run goaltenders and their goalies get blown up and then nobody does anything. It's like, it, what? It, but it goes back to what I said that the league has normalized dirty head hunting for so long. Well, it's so inconsistent. That's the problem. There's no consistency. It, it, it's just so it's, people now look at a hit like that because it's big because an injury happened. Look. If, if if he doesn't get hurt, no one is talking about how that was a dirty hit. No one. I guarantee you, no one is talking about how it was a dirty hit if he didn't get hurt. And I don't mean that to, 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 to point blame at him or not, because like I said, you know, you don't want to see that happen. And you no, hope look, that he has a, a I don't, speedy I recovery. Don't, I don't, I don't blame, I don't blame Jujar Kara at all. I like, look, it's not to say, like, it's not saying that the hit was his fault. I put a lot of the blame on that hit, about 90% of it, on Seth Jones. Because if he doesn't make that pass, yeah, if he just the play doesn't happen. If he throws the puck around the back of the net, like you're it, supposed to, it, it doesn't happen. He set his teammate up to get destroyed, and that's what happened. And it's one of those things where instead of blaming Jacob Truba, 
people should actually learn the fucking game of hockey and understand why Seth Jones was wrong for that pass. But it's easier to sit and point fingers and say, well, this guy's a dirty player. He's a head hunter, and he didn't have to make that hit. No, Seth Jones never had to make that pass. Yeah, no, you're right. No, you're, you're right. And, you know, but, hey, we're talking about big hits, physical play. We really didn't talk about that at all last season, so that's a good thing to see. And right now, the Rangers currently sit second in the Metro, right behind Washington, who has been a big surprise this season. Um, really been a, a remarkable surprise. The meanwhile, in the Metro, the Islanders and Flyers are dying. A they, the Islanders finally won a game, by the way. Who gives a shit? They suck. The, the Flyers are losers of 10 straight. Good. Big red out the door. Love to see it. No big whoop there. Um, Jersey won with Jersey last night. Whoop the freaking do. Jersey won with. Jersey. By the way, I just got to say, Mackenzie Blackwood did a fantastic job with his mask. Yeah. Just putting mask on the back of his mask. That was really funny. Absolutely sensational. That's the only only kudos we're giving them. But look, since Thanksgiving, since the last time we were on, you know, they had the game where they started off slow habitually. I feel like anytime the Thanksgiving showdown, when they go up to Boston, I feel like those games are kind of weird. Yeah. Um, But... They came thank out. God, thank God for the for Igor Shesterkin. Thank God for Igor Shesterkin in the beginning. Who, who and is now the, the dearly offense, departed. Yeah, the offense woke it up. You know, they beat the Flyers. They beat the Sharks. They beat the Blackhawks back-to-back. They, they I, I was, blew out the Blackhawks on Tuesday. Just just by the way, for everybody that didn't know, I was at the Garden at the uh, on Saturday night against sure. the Blackhawks. So for anyone who was there and uh, heard or partook, in the fuck your pizza chant directed at the asshole Blackhawks fan that was in attendance. Well, was he a Blackhawks fan or was he an Islander fan? No, no, no. The, the fuck your pizza chant originally was directed at an asshole Blackhawks fan. We were starting a let's go Rangers chant. And he was walking behind us. Fuck the Rangers. Okay, whatever. Yeah, then then he said something to me about New York or the Rangers in general. I don't remember. I got very upset. And I wound up telling him, if you need a knife and fork to eat your pizza, then it's not a goddamn pizza. It's a, it's a casserole. casserole. You know, so I started a fuck your pizza chant and it caught on. And we chanted that at Blackhawks fans the rest of the night. Then there was just an asshole Islander fan wearing a Taze jersey because he doesn't know what it's like to win in his own building. So he wanted to see how a home team actually wins games. All right, CM Punk. Look. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, I, it's not my fault if it's true. No, it, it is true. But if one shoe, thing I will say, if the shoe fits, lace that bitch up and wear it. Well, speaking of shoes, can we please, for the love of God, not normalize drinking beer out of shoes? It's so unsanitary. It's just disgusting, especially when you're walking around in New York, in okay. New York City, right. in the winter. Enough, enough, enough. You know, okay. Imagine you're walking in the I subway, just, look, you're in look, the bathroom at the garden. Look, Do you imagine the amount of like I urine just, and shit that you have stepped you in? Stop, and then you, you gotta go stop. pour a beer in it and drink Can it. You stop. I'm concerned about the health of, of fellow Ranger fans, okay? Can you stop? Don't do it. Please, like don't do what, it. What, what is wrong with you? It's gross, it's disgusting. Stop. Like, it's disgusting. Shut up. And NHL, can you please stop scheduling the Rangers on back to backs? Damn it. Three times this month. 
three times at least next week when they play the Coyotes, they got a night off because we know that's going to be a, a snoozer. They, they could play Husco, but then like right after the beginning of January, they've got it again with Tampa and Edmonton at home. Like what, what the hell? Who wrote the schedules? And then later in the month, they've got more. Who wrote these schedules? I want to know. I want to know. Well, it's also because they had to do it that way, too, I think. Because, yeah, for the Olympics that aren't going to happen. Well. Uh, are, 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 do you really think they're going to happen? I don't, I don't know. I, I'll be shocked. I will be shocked if the NHL. I want the NHL to go to the Olympics. Don't get me wrong. I'll be shocked if it actually happens. But, all right, coming up, before we, before we, we talk to you guys next time, we've got Buffalo, who has come back to earth. Nashville, who's, I don't know. And then we've got the back-to-back Colorado, Arizona. At least this time, they got Colorado on the first part. I don't know if Igor is expected back within one of those two games. Um, Well, since the fact they called up Kincaid before uh, Friday's game against Buffalo, I would expect he's not going to play against Buffalo. So So Kincaid did not have to clear waivers. I'm just, I'm going to go out and say, I think Gallant, uh, look, I love Gerard Gallant, but he is a master of coach speak. Yeah, he is. He is a master of. Coach I, I I can't imagine. I can't. Fathom. And you would you would know this better than me since you lived out in Arizona, so you got more Vegas coverage than I did. When everything was going on with the goalie issues in their inaugural season, he was very misleading about everybody's timetable. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So, I, 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 I said this when Igor went down, and when they said it's not as bad as it sounded, and I was kind of like, really, like, all right, is Igor kind of being a little dramatic here, or are we downplaying the injury? And I think it's a little bit of the the, the latter. That's just my, my opinion. I look. I thought it was bad because when a guy can't put weight on his leg, that's not that's a good usually, sign. That's that's usually a sign that experts say is not good. So, look, I I would be shocked if Igor plays before Christmas. And that's what six, seven games. Six games. The the good thing is, I, I would thing- rest them up because you got a real. A ball buster of a schedule coming at the end of the month and then the beginning of next month. Outside of outside of uh, the next week playing Colorado and Arizona on the road, which I think you could start Georgia against Colorado, and it may not be better than what you got from Huska, but no, it'll be better. It, you know, it should I, be better. It should be. I will say, Georgie. Georgie's played well. Georgie in, has in, played well in Igor's absence. I know we. I know we kill Georgie a lot, and a lot of it is rightfully so. But Georgie has played well. You know who else has played well? Your boy. Your boy. He's closing in on thirty, man. I hope he does. Like he's people, only thirteen see, here, away. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am not like Ranger fans that hated Dan Girardi to the point that they actually hoped he would fail as a Ranger or Mark Stahl. I've never been like that with Chris Kreider. People don't know this about me because they think I just hate him just to hate him. I want Chris Kreider to play well. I we want need, you Chris need him Kreider. to. 
I want Chris Kreider to score 30 goals because you know why? He scores 30 goals. The Rangers are a good hockey team. So, yes, I, w- I would love for Chris Kreider to shut me the hell up. If you got him scoring 30 goals, you know you're going to get pro- – you should be getting 30-plus out of, out of Panarin. Mika has been real disappointing in that department. I mean, he's getting assists, but goal scoring hasn't been there. So having Kreider do what he's doing – is huge right now because of Mika not scoring. Now, if you get him going and you got Ryan Strom just who is showing to be a, a key integral piece of the team, not just on the eye, like, but in a leadership matter as well. Um, and also real quick, stick taps to Ryan Strom for, I mean, he went right to uh grade a human being. Yeah. I mean, went right to him and, and motion for the trainers. I mean, he knew it. He went right, yeah. He went right to Kara and and got and got him help yeah. that he needed. Great A human being, great guy, Ryan Strom. We love Ryan Strom. I actually said on Saturday that he might be my next Ranger jersey. I mean, he's he's been great, and he's he's showing he's become a very important piece of the Ranger roster. So, yep. uh, so again, coming up, you got Buffalo, Nashville, Colorado. We'll probably record before that one because that's a late. That's a late one. And then we'll get the uh, the swing. They come back home to play Vegas because that makes sense. They should just stay. Like, why would you have them in Colorado, in Arizona, and then home for Vegas? Why wouldn't they play in Vegas? Is that Like, that doesn't – it's just, like, who does who does the schedules here? Um, but, hey, you know, whatever. All right. Hope everybody had a great weekend. It snowed outside. The kids are freaking out. They think there's so much snow on the ground. It was like – barely over an inch i'm not ready for this i'm so not ready for this but hey as they say in hockey bing bong okay that's not what i was going for but all right i guess we'll just end on that okay everybody goodbye all bing